everyone's mm. shadow is different. Mm. So I'm just there as, as a guide, really, and to kind of shake that up and ask those deep, deep questions so that they can get to that place where they need to be to do that release, to do that reckoning and, and get hold of whatever it is they need to release. We often hear people wishing us a long, happy and healthy life. But what if the length isn't what matters most? What if instead it's the breath, depth, and purpose of each day that matters most? Welcome to the Live the Width of Your Life podcast. My name is Annette Ardellian Kuzma, and join me weekly as I interview guests who made changes in their own lives to live more fully with intention, gratitude, and joy. Be prepared to be inspired by their stories of how they shifted their mindset, took courageous action, and designed the life that they always wanted to live. Are you ready to make 2024 the best year ever? If you want 2024 to be the year that you live fully, boldly, and more passionately, then I'd love for you to be part of my 12-week group coaching program called Live the With. I have taken the best benefits from my one-on-one coaching programs and added it to a group program. It is going to be a 12-week program in which we have daily meditation, weekly breath work, and twice a month we are going to have very specific content in a group coaching format. If you are ready to finally manifest the life of your dreams, to become a magnet for the blessings that you are seeking, to reduce stress and burnout and create optimal health, to learn to stop listening to the limiting beliefs and doubts and fears that are holding you back, and finally create the habits and routines that allow you to take daily aligned, inspired action towards the life of your dreams, then I'd love for you to apply for this program. You can get all the details at anettakuzma.com backslash live the with. There is an opportunity for you to apply to be a part of the program. We'll schedule a quick call with me. And if this sounds like you are an energetic match, I'd love for you to be a part of this program. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out. And I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for coming back to the Live the Width of Your Life podcast. My guest this week is Zoe Whitehead, and she's had a strong fascination with moonology, cosmology, and its impact, which allows her to sense changes in the collective, flow with the natural cycles, and harness the potent energy of the moon phases and cosmic seasonal cycles. She hosts women's moon circles and community to guide intuitive soul-led women to align with the natural lunar, cosmic, and earth vibrations and harness their potent energy so that they can gain more clarity, insight, and release for expansion and soul growth. It was such an interesting conversation. I learned so much from Zoe. I have just enough information sometimes about what's happening at a planetary level to be dangerous, but we really dived a little bit deeper into the mysteries of the universe, understanding how you can nurture your inner light through lunar cycles and eclipses. And it was just a really fascinating conversation. I really enjoyed my conversation with Zoe, and I think you will too. Zoe, thank you so much for joining me today. It is such a pleasure to meet you. Likewise, Anita, thanks for having me on. I feel really blessed to be here. Well, and tell us, where are you calling in from today? So I'm actually in the heart of England, UK. Wonderful. And thank you for joining us. I know it's a little bit later for you, but I was so excited for our conversation because I love anyone that has the word lightworker in their title and their company. And so for those that 
maybe aren't as familiar with you, what would you be willing to share about who you are and your journey and maybe what your mission is in life? Mm, I love that. Thank you. So yes, consider myself to be a light worker, an empathic light worker. And I guess kind of just in a nutshell, I'll go right back to childhood, obviously growing up in the UK in the 70s. And I was a huge empath and not realizing no one talked about that where I was growing up. And I don't even think it was a thing really. But it kind of took many, many years and lots of kind of stressful growing pains and things like that. And well into adulthood before I realized what it was and what it meant to be an empath. And just this kind of sensitivity and the people pleasing behaviors and all of those things that go along with being an empath until we really start to realize our gifts and step into them. And as an adult, so I really struggled as as an adolescent growing up. And obviously, I had a very open psyche as well. So I was seeing all sorts of things and couldn't really share them because no one really was open to that sort of thing in our family. But then becoming an adult, I taught. I was a teacher in mainstream education. And again, this kind of very stressful environment was somewhere that I found myself in. And I don't know what it's like over where you are, but... There's a lot of angst and school refusing and things like that amongst students in the UK. And I myself found it very stressful as well, because obviously there's a lot of releasing going on. And Mm -hmm. I approached the hair because I was starting to get interested in yoga, just from a personal point of view and breathing, you know, breath work and crystals and cards and all those sorts of things. And I approached the head and I said, look, I'd really love to help these children. And I'm sure I can do something to help them overcome their anxiety. And so he was really open to it. And I started up some nurture groups and I just loved it. I loved it so much more than the teaching. And at the same time, I was really struggling with the environment that I found myself in. So I I just left. I kind of had a bit of a breakdown and left not knowing which direction to go because it never occurred to me that I could do this as a job. And it never occurred to me that this was actually my purpose. Mm -hmm. And just slowly from there, I started to invite women in, like mothers. I thought I'd be working with children, parents. and And I started a bit of that, but then it slowly became more women. And I started to do moon circles over the full moons and the new moons. I just had these kind of gatherings and it just kind of grew from there as it does. And then COVID hit and I went online and it's kind of just grown into Lunar Lightworker membership. I realized I was a light worker as well because mm. I felt I had this purpose of sharing my light and helping women, mainly women, to connect and align to the natural cycles, moon cycles and their own light as well. So that's kind of in a nutshell how I came to do what, what I do today. I love when people share their journey because it seems like it's just so well planned out. But of course, Mm. when we're in the midst of it, it's never quite that simple. So if you don't mind, I just want to go back a little bit. So tell me, as you said, growing up in the UK as an empath, and you also had some gifts, things that maybe you call as a gift now. I don't know if you call them as a gift when you were growing up. Did you feel like those were gifts of yours or did you just wish that you were normal like every air quotes, normal, like everybody else? 
No, I mean, looking back, it just felt really normal. I didn't really question it. And I know I used to talk to my friends about not feeling in my body and things like that. And she'd be just like, oh, okay. But it didn't strike me as odd. It was just, mm-hmm. I think as children, and, and I know with, as a mother, children are very accepting. But I feel that after a while, I think for me, it was more an adult, sorry, as a teen, I kind of yeah. started to shut down because of this kind of real empathic, Mm -hmm. I'm so sensitive, so sensitive that I just kind of learned to shut down and protect my energy and just hide my light. But as a young child, I was very sort of accepting of these gifts. I remember flying, I felt like I was flying and I really have vivid memories of that. And obviously that was out of body travel. But I also used to get very activated at my grandfather's house. And I would sense beings. And I know that there were light beings, I could hear them in the room, they would keep me awake at night. And it just used to drive me crazy, because I couldn't understand what they were saying, but I could just hear them. And like I said, it would just disrupt my sleep. But I never saw it as unusual. I never really felt the need to share. But I suspect that if I did share, (laughs) I don't know. I don't. I don't feel my mum and dad probably would have been that open to it anyway. But yeah, it's so it. interesting. Yeah, and the teen years are really hard because I think we become much more aware of what our peers are doing or what's acceptable or not acceptable. Mm-hmm. How did you start to find the language around what you were experiencing in terms of being highly sensitive and an empath, and maybe start diving into some of these other modalities or practices mm-hmm. because. If it's not familiar or common, I'm always curious as to what your entry point was and how did you start to explore a little bit more from there? That's such a good question. For me, it was so slow. What I considered to be my awakening was like snail's pace because Mm. I really reined it in. It really frightened me. And I know that that's because obviously I support clients through that it's so common to have a lot of fear around it. And I never, ever thought I would go into the kind of healing therapy, anything like that. For me, it was school teaching, working with children. So for me, it was just some more on a personal level that I trained in. That's actually the modality that I run now and weaves weaves in behind everything that I do. So I trained in transference healing about 15 years ago, and that was more on a personal level. So it was just, I kind of dabbled in things like I did a bit of yoga, I did a bit of breath work, I did a bit of transcendental meditation, which frightened the life out of me, just that letting go and just kind of going with things I found exceptionally hard. And so I was always sort of dipping my fingers in it or my toes in it, whatever the expression is, and then pulling back because Mm. I was very resistant, if that makes sense. And it was just very slow. And I think I feel that the transference healing was the turning point because it really pushed me. And then I started after I'd left the school, I started to think, actually, I'd really like to support women. And then it it sort of just kind of, I just flowed with it a little bit more. The language, I know exactly what you mean. Just you start to sound different, don't you? And it's just (laughs) gradually, yeah. And it was, because a lot of my friends, and I would say probably quite 
philosophical and open, but not necessarily spiritual. I really felt I had to rein in the way that I sounded because I knew I came across really woo-woo. <laughs> um, and I don't like gossiping because I know that kind of lowers vibration, it impacts yeah. people on a, an energy level. So I was very aware of those sorts of things. So for a while, there was a period where I drew back from people a little bit. I found it really difficult to be myself and express myself and use the language around people that I knew. But gradually you learn that when you can be in your truth and how far to go with some people and you just get a sense for it after a while. Absolutely. It's so interesting because I felt the same way you do too. It's almost like speaking another language, like a foreign language. You just know who to speak which language with. (laughs) And so it is interesting to kind of have one foot in the spiritual and one in maybe the more secular or the mainstream. So tell me a little bit more. I'm fascinated that you talked to the head of the school and you said, I'm noticing that the kids need something other than what I'm teaching. And I have some tools. Were you surprised that he or she said, yes, this is okay? Or did they notice that maybe the kids really needed something beyond what they were currently offering? Yeah, maybe a little bit of both. It was a guy and I knew that he was very, always very gentle and he wasn't necessarily spiritual, but I kind of got a sense that he was very intuitive as a Mm. lot of teachers are. Yeah. And I just kind of said, look, it's nurturing, we're going to do yoga. Often there's ways in, isn't there, that's sure. kind of common ground. It's about breath work and, and that kind of thing. And he was like, yeah, no, great, just do whatever. And I was just kind of let loose with these kids. <laughs> but they're so open. They would just I'd trot him with my bag of crystals and my oracle cards. And I'd run energy on them as well, which was a part of the transference yeah. healing that I was doing at the time. And they were amazing, the turnaround. I mean, I always remember this one girl that was had been school refusing and would come in occasionally, like really mm-hmm. distraught. And within six months, she was coming in full time, just having this energy run on a regularly, being given tools. I'm a great believer in tools in the moment to help with that anxiety and just being able to lean into those emotions and being and not being okay all of those things are, I'm really passionate about so I was able to because I was a teacher I was able to find that language mm-hmm. to explain things to them and I just love working with them because as the, although they were older primary so probably 10 11 years old They were still very open to those things. And it's just a real joy to work with that kind of template. Because I do feel that children are very, a template are very differently. There's a lot of crystal Mm -hmm. children at that time that were coming through. So they're very light, they're very unquestioning and and very Mm -hmm. open in that way. So yeah, it was lovely. I'm sure it was so beneficial to them. So tell me about... When you say transference healing, is that similar to Reiki energy work or explain the difference between that? Because I I haven't heard that very often. Yeah, so it's a modality that is unusual because the actual founder and channeler of transference healing is actually alive. So I've actually got to train with it. It's very unusual if you think about it. It is similar to Reiki in that, and I, I'm not trained in Reiki. Okay. What we do is we have certain procedures that bring through that you're like a vessel. So you bring through energy and you run that in a particular way. 
on the etheric field of someone. So you're working in their etheric field. So light Reiki, you're not touching the person. It's not a physical thing, but it's transference of energy from you to them, but using prayers, different procedures, using crystal technology, using light body, alchemy, lots of different things that all kind of weave into one. And you run the energy in that way, but it's hugely transformative. And it also works on past life aspects as well. Um, Yeah, so it works on many different levels. Wow. And how often do people typically do a session like that? Is that something that is done regularly or do you just do a couple sessions as you're working through something? If someone's really blocked and it's often kind of a trauma release modality, I have a lot of people that are really blocked with kind of inner child pain or traumatic experiences. And often this surfaces from time to time, they're triggered and and it surfaces. And when I see that client, often they'll probably have about five or six sessions to really move them through. Some people like to just have sessions every six weeks, something like that, two months. Some people come once a year. Everyone's different. Mm -hmm. When they're going for something really big, it's good to cluster them. So I would say like one a month for six months or whatever to really push them through. Yeah, it's usually how it works. Amazing. And is that something that can only be done in person or is that something that can also be done virtually? Virtually, I work with people all over the world because you tap into their etheric body. Mm-hmm. And so I run the healing. They know that I'm running the energy. They need to know because they can get really altered when the energy is being run. So we kind of decide a time and then I run that and then I feed okay. back afterwards. So yeah, but it, anywhere, they can be anywhere. Wow. Yeah. That yeah. is so amazing. And yeah. so your business, so you started getting more involved, you said with women and doing different moon circles. So tell me a little bit more about what happens at some of those programs or those sessions. Yeah, so the energy system that I've just talked about kind of is woven into those circles. That's really what I do. The main thing that I do is on the new and full moons we gather so that's online or in person I have um, a moon circle every month that I host locally and also do that online and we gather at these kind of main phases of the moon and I'm just passionate about the lunar cycle and the impact that she has on us so we look at the current energies and influences of the sun on the moon and what sign the moon is rising in Mm. at that time with the full moon or the new moon sometimes it's new moon and we look at that for alignment And then we do these kind of really deep lunar questing. So I channel through questions to do with the influences at the time. So for example, this full moon coming up, which is on the eclipse on Saturday, will rise in Taurus. So Taurus is all about rebirth, bringing in newness, Mm. but also the sun is presently in Scorpio. So it's all about the shadow aspects. So so if you weave those two together, it's all about clearing those shadow aspects, your trauma, so that you can step into your newness and find new ways of being, see how it all weaves in. And we ask sort of really poignant questions around that during the sessions. And then we kind of gather around, we have an outside fire, 
And over the full moon, it's all about clarity and really seeing that for yourself. If it's a new moon, it's about new intentions. So, you know, what are you going to bring through for yourself this new lunar cycle? So it's all about weaving in all the cosmic influences and really trying to align to that energy so that we can really harness it and pull it through for ourselves. And we kind of do this ritual of releasing and healing around the fire. And then I run a bit of energy, the, the transference healing energy on the group to kind of solidify and crystallize all of that. Wow. How did you get drawn? Like what drew you to learn more about the cycles and the impact that the moon has on us? Because I definitely feel that an impact, but I'm just not knowledgeable enough to explain why I feel the way that I do. So, but what drew you to that? Well, it's really interesting because I'm not trained specifically in that I don't even know if that I'm sure there are trainings around that but it's just (laughs) wisdom that's just come through over the years I've always been without probably really realizing it I've always been a cyclical living seasonal liver very connected you know I love to be outside in nature I walk a lot I probably spend half the day outside and I really pay attention to the seasons I'm I'm so sensitive to Mm. the changes to the energy so I've always had that connection and then always watching the moon I've always looked out on the moons I've always had just that deep connection. And then obviously the wisdom has just come. I read a lot about it. I've read so many books. And so that's all come just kind of naturally and just through my own interests. Because of this kind of understanding, when there's the eclipses, I feel the energy feels really different to me. I'm so discerning in the energy now because I've paid so much attention to it. So I'm now understanding how the eclipses, for example, help us and support us. I understand how the sun cycles support us. I understand how the moon cycles. Do you see what I mean? So it's almost like the energy and the awareness came first. And then I was like, well, that's interesting. So then I deepen because I go and read. Mm. and I don't know, it's just grown over the years. And then I just thought, this is my passion. This is what I'm meant to be doing. So with the the women, I kind of gently guided them into more of a moon structure around the lunar cycles. And it's just kind of grown from there. It's been very organic. I guess like my awakening, it was very slow and organic. And I guess it was just also about me finding myself and, and my uniqueness within all of that as well. Wow. Well, isn't that the purpose for all of us, right? To awaken to our potential and to what we're here to do. And for those that are just listening, and if they might not be watching the video, your whole face lights up. Like you are so passionate about this. I can tell. And I love that you said it was just this wisdom and you could actually feel it. So it didn't come from a thinking mind, from a knowledge perspective first. It came from the body somatically, energetically. You could feel the differences and then you wanted to find some words to be able to articulate to someone else. That's so fascinating and quite beautiful. So what are some of the things that people, if they were to attend one of these things, how would they change or what would they expect to be able to notice differently? Oh, I love that. I've never been asked that question, actually. <laughs> That's a really interesting question. It's really personal. It's so personal because I feel that 
With every moon gathering, it's always different because of the influences that come through. And also, it's not just the lunar influences in the sun, but you have the retrograde, you have all of those planetary cycles as well. We have meteor showers, and there's so much going on cosmologically. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we've got our own stuff going on. We've got our own personal rhythms and the seasonal cycles. So it's just about weaving in all of that. And everyone gets something different out of it. Because, for example, this week it's going to be very emotional. I know it. I have a moon gathering tomorrow in person. So it's all about the trauma and the shadow. Everyone's Mm. shadow is different. Mm. So I'm just there as as a guide, really, and to kind of shake that up and ask those deep, deep questions so that they can get to that place where they need to be to do that release, to do that reckoning and, and get hold of whatever it is they need to release. And sometimes it could just be a tiny little crumb. Sometimes I have people that just have these huge emotional releases. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just depends where they're at. But it's I love it. It's always fascinating, always <laughs> different. And we just never know. I mean, even I get a lot out of it as well. Because this is what's great as well, that I get to do my own sort of inner work as well at the same time. So it's really as well about community. Because I feel that with the Aquarian, we're in this kind of Aquarius age, aren't we? This overarching energy. So it's about unity, consciousness and community and coming together and having that deep energetic support on that whole different level that I feel people seek. They may not understand it, but they're seeking it. And so any type of community that people are offering, whatever it is, and it's something that just joins and unifies people is just beautiful. People just get a lot from it. And especially women, I find magic happens when women come together. And I'm sure it does with men as well, but I just happen to work with women. But just there's such strength in that, in that sisterhood, isn't there? So yeah, it's just kind of that whole blend of things, really. Well, I wish I were your neighbor. I could just pop over for it tomorrow. (laughs) But yeah, how do you find that more and more people are seeking? Like they're more interested. And it's interesting because I see some of that. So I wondered if you're experiencing the same thing where you are. Yeah, definitely. And just, it's funny because I don't have a particular type of woman that comes to me at such an interesting point. That's something that Mm -hmm. you've realized as well. I feel, and I've heard that around me as well, that many, many souls are awakening because we're at this energetic intensity. I mean, the last few years have been breathtaking. It's been relentless, hasn't it? With just stuff happening, realignments, we see it globally with things crumbling, things that are just no longer in alignment that are just having to go. And we're feeling that on a personal level. So everyone I know is struggling with something, big, big changes or just something. And it's like a big, big shake up and wake up call for many of us. So many people are awakening. So I have people that have never even contemplated any sort of spiritual thing and are just coming because they're feeling it. They've got this deep hole and or just these struggles that they just can't make sense of. And it's just the awakening that's occurring. And I feel that it isn't this, this kind of cosmological intensity right now where we, we, it's either sink or swim. And I know that sounds really dramatic, but I do feel that if we don't step into some sort of 
self-development or evolution or growth of some sort, maybe not necessarily spiritual, is really hard for people. I, I honestly feel that and I see it. I mean, I'm sure you've seen that as well in the work that you do. I do. And I just feel like there's a shift into feminine energy. And for those that might not be familiar with the masculine feminine energy, it's not a person's gender. We're not speaking males and females. We're really talking about the balance between the feminine and the masculine and having those both in integrity so that you have that balance. You have that integrated life. You have that sense of peace that we're all seeking. And I think we've over-indexed in distorted masculine for a very long time. And maybe those are some of the systems that you're talking about, things that are starting to crumble that no longer serve us. And so I do feel like people are seeking, but they just don't have the language yet, maybe. And so they're starting to dip their toes, as you said, into these new things, trying to seeking knowledge, seeking wisdom, seeking some sort of understanding. And, and it's beautiful. And it makes me sad because I think that when we just look at mainstream media or we're reading things, it looks like everything is falling apart. But there's so much beauty that's happening right now, too. There's so much great work. And so I am encouraged, even though it seems like and there are a lot of terrible things happening in the world. But I do think that there are light workers like you who are doing great work and here to support us. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about some of the other ways that you support your community, because I know you have a monthly membership and you have other things that you do as well. Just share a little bit more if people are curious about how they could work with you. Yeah, lately, I've really just deepened down and honed down into the membership and just really want to refine that and deepen into that. And then the moon circle. So they are really my two main services. But I also have a podcast as well where I do solo episodes. So if you're interested in and just want to find out a little bit more about the current cosmic energies and the lunar cycles, and most importantly, how that impacts on you, then check out the Lunar Lightworker podcast, or I'm on Instagram at Lunar Lightworker. Surprise, surprise. Um, And there again, I share just about the current energies and the moon cycles, and again, their impact. Oh, that's beautiful. How long have you had your podcast? When did I start that? I think I'm on about number 70 episode. I do weekly episodes. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't even think what that is in months. Yeah, over a year. Is it over a year? Oh yeah, of course it is. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. And do you only do solo episodes? Yeah, yeah. At one point I started to take guests, but I really felt I needed to kind of develop my own voice and really Mm -hmm. deepen into that. And then that is something I'd love to explore for the future. So I'd love to have you on as well. Oh, sure. Well, of course, if you start doing that, I am absolutely available. And well, I'm so excited. I know that this probably won't come in time for this weekend, but I am curious. Tell me a little bit more about what people should be aware of in terms of the moons and maybe just a little bit of wisdom if people are curious. Yes. So this, I'm sure you have all felt this because I'm sure there's a lot of empaths and sensitives on your show, Anita. So the energy has been 
incredibly intense and we've really felt the ups and downs of that there's been a lot of anxiety rising sleep disruption deep deep kind of going within in the void feeling separate that kind of feeling the eclipses what they do is really stir up the energy so that you can see what you need to release it's very scattered as well so your focus may have been very scattered and grounded. that's how it's been feeling for about the last week we're in this eclipse doorway and the second eclipse is a lunar eclipse with this full moon this saturday so the eclipse on the full moon would just cast this shadow and really amplify those lunar energies and like i said it's that scorpio taurian influence so it's shadow rising, which is, it's really good because we're going to see those patterns really clearly and what we need to work to release on, which is stopping us from stepping into our purpose. But it feels really uncomfortable as well, as you we know. So just be prepared for that. Just go really, really easy. Be gentle, be nurturing, self-caring. And, and when people are listening to this, that energy is still going to carry on into the next week. And obviously we have eclipses two to three times a year. So hopefully you'll remember that and it will stand you in good stead for the next time. Oh, that's amazing. And I will encourage everybody that is interested, of course, to follow you on Instagram, to look at your website, to learn more. We'll have all those details in the show notes. And Zoe, I ask everyone that is aghast based on the title of this podcast, Living the Width of Your Life, what does it mean to you to live the width of your life? To me, it, it's really about doing the things that light me up and honoring the work that I do and who I'm becoming. That's yeah. so beautiful. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for the wonderful work that you are doing in this world. And I hope that we have continued conversations. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If today's conversation inspired you to dream again, break out of your comfort zones, or reflect on what it means to you to live more fully, then please follow this podcast because every week you'll hear more stories from people just like you who took imperfect action towards their goals created more joy and are living the life that they always dreamt of living.